0: Hi everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello everybody and welcome into to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson and it's so great to have you here with us. On the show today, on this Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022, on the eve of Thanksgiving, today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn can help you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. That's linkedin.com slash College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As on today's show, we're going to have my good pal Jason Jordan the director of college basketball recruiting for Sports Illustrated, back with us. And, of course, each and every week our recruiting segments are brought to you by our good friends over at LinkedIn. Again, LinkedIn.com slash college to help you find the perfect candidates for your job. Coming up on today's show, we're going to have another Duke men's basketball recruiting look back. It's been a really fun conversation, a lot of great interactions taking place on Twitter on our YouTube page as well from folks reminiscing on the recruits that played and starred for the Duke Blue Devils. And today we take a look at the class of 2015. My name is JJ Jackson. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts And also subscribe to watch our show daily on YouTube each and every day. Your continued support of Lockdown Blue Devils means the absolute world to us. So as we get set, and without further ado, I want to take this opportunity to welcome my good pal, Jason Jordan, Jordan. here with us on the program. Jason, thanks for the time, man. Hope you're doing well.
1: Doing well, man. Doing well. How about you?
0: Can't complain. Feast Week is here in more ways than one. We've got a lot of good basketball games to watch in college hoops. Uh, and then everyone loves the Thanksgiving holiday as well. So uh, what you like this week in terms of the games that are being played and all the big tournaments that are taking place in college basketball?
1: Oh, yeah, I love – so I, it gives me the March feel because they are earlier start times. Like, so right. we're watching <laughs> basketball in this afternoon, which I think is great. I love watching basketball when the sun is out. It's just – you know, I'm an East Coast guy, so doesn't happen quite often. So, right. uh, yeah, I'm loving that. I like that.
0: Yeah, us East Coast guys from time to time, you know, we saw a a pretty awesome game uh, to start the year last week between Duke and Kansas in the Champions Classic. But, Jason, by the time that game started, it was, you know, almost 10 p.m. Eastern. I mean, they're, they're tipping these games off late. So I'm right there with you. Anytime we can get some afternoon hoops, that's a win for everybody.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll take the win. We'll take that
0: (laughs) Well, we want to continue to do some Duke men's basketball recruiting lookbacks. Last week, obviously, we discussed that class of 2014 coming out of high school that went on to win the 2015 National Championship. Really good class that uh, Coach K was able to put together. And then the next year, he gets right back after it, 2015, the top class in the land once again for Duke men's hoops. And I would imagine for any basketball coach, you know, signing day doesn't necessarily line up with a national championship run. Uh, So a lot of these guys were already signed on and were uh, knowing that they were going to play for Duke when they were winning March Madness, when they were watching Tyus Jones hit that shot against Wisconsin. But nonetheless, it's got to help your recruiting efforts when you've got a good product on the floor to watch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's there is (laughs) there is no better uh, pitch than uh, TV exposure, and marketing and things like that. And so, you know, the further you go, the more um, the more the more your marketing will pay off. Right. Because um, it matters. It matters in the year. Like kids have a, a short attention span. So it might not matter two or three years after, but the year of for sure. That, that definitely weighs heavy. That definitely weighs heavy.
0: So as we take a look at the class of 2015 for Duke, again, a top class uh, that featured commits from Brandon Ingram, Luke Kennard, uh, Chase Jeter, Derek Thornton, Antonio Varenkovich, all these guys coming together, put together uh, a, a great class for Duke men's basketball. We're just going to focus on two of those guys, uh, the two most significant. Several of them ended up transferring yeah. away from the program and somebody like Antonio Vrankovich didn't really contribute much on the floor uh, for the blue devils. But specifically when you take a look at somebody like Brandon Ingram, I mean, he was someone that was well-known throughout the state. What a prolific high school career he had uh, there in the state of North Carolina. Talk to me about uh, high school Brandon Ingram and what you remember, Jason.
1: Yeah, just um, I'm very dominant. <clears throat> what you see him doing now, he was doing against uh, – Everybody, he's been always been very consistent. Uh, always had the next big thing hype here in North Carolina. Um, everybody knew that he was going to be a star. Uh, six, eight, six eight, long, dunking on everybody, attitude. You know, I mean, he's from Kinston. If you know anything about North Carolina, you, you know, Kinston breeds some tough guys. And, you know, Brandon is definitely, uh, definitely falls in line with that. Um, but always been very dominant, always um, been consistently dominant, even at a young age, um, you know, he was doing this in the ninth grade, you know, uh, 10th grade. So uh, the thing that always stood out to me was how uh, he was able to be consistent uh, as he leveled up because he always played up. But, you know, as he would get ninth, 10th, it was it was the same consistency, same dominance, no matter who he played against, no matter the setting he could play against, um, you know, because he played high school, you know, which is kind of unheard of now. You know, when you're like a top 10, top 15 kid, you're usually going off to Mom Bird, some NIBC right. school. Um, but he was at Kingston, you know, and so he could have played it. You know, obviously when you're playing, you know, local high schools, the competition isn't great, but he didn't care. Like he he would, you know, he played national games and he would dominate them. But then he would play against regular teams. He killed a that with a sledgehammer. A hundred percent. That was his mentality. And I was one of the things that always stood out to me about him.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously you mentioned Kinston and, and the product and the guys that they've had come through their school. It's yeah. uh through the until Brandon Ingram came along. There was a bit of a tar heel lean out of those yeah. Kinston players. Uh, Brandon Ingram kind of shift the uh, narrative there. Yeah, Stackhouse being one of them and, and Reggie Bullock, of course, there from Kinston. And I, I got to see that firsthand, Jason. Uh, you take a look at his freshman and sophomore years for Brandon Ingram at Kinston High School. My dad was the high school principal at Cuthbertson High School Mm, who went on to the state finals to play Kingston back-to-back years. Cuthbertson had Shelton Mitchell as their best player who went on to play at Vanderbilt and then transferred to Clemson a little bit later and uh, felt like we were going to win a couple of state championships back-to-back. And then Brandon Ingram and the boys made a a surge in the last two minutes. The games were nearly identical for two straight years and Ingram won them, and then he also went on to win his junior and senior season. I'm glad you mentioned kind of high school hoops in North Carolina. Um, how underappreciated, are, or, or are they properly appreciated, just the level of play that you get at that NCHSAA level?
1: Oh, no, no, no. I think uh, North Carolina is definitely I – mean, now they call it the hoop state. I think they have the hoop state network and all that stuff, and I think that's great because, you know, so many – so many dominant players come from North Carolina and then they ship off, especially now, um, you even look at, I mean, current day class, they've lost so many of the top prospects in the country. They're going to IMG and NBA and, uh, you know, all these NIBC schools. But, you know, um, yeah, it, I would say Georgia and North Carolina, Georgia gets his props, but I don't think North Carolina gets their props for being one of the most intense um, high school um You know, from a competition standpoint, on all levels, you know, one A, two A, three A, four. I mean, you go to championship Saturday is, you just go to the Dean Dome or go to NC State and watch the championship games. It's it's always a barn burner and um, always great atmosphere. We love hoops in North Carolina.
0: Yeah, Um, no, you know, you know that. Just the settings that you get to you know now on, on a lot of state championship runs some yeah. you know you're playing the elite eight and final four uh, at times in the Greensboro Coliseum, yeah. which you've seen forever and yeah. uh, the ACC tournament growing up in the classrooms and tournament week, you're getting the TVs rolled in uh, to watch it and then yeah. like you said, you're rotating between getting to go see your team play at yeah. NC state or UNC I mean it, it definitely is a for a, for a state that prides itself in college basketball. There's definitely a grassroots level that benefits from that as well.
1: Yeah, it's a culture. Like, as to your point, I mean, who's like, you know, not many states are rolling in the in the TV in March. You know, but that, that's a fact. You know, like, them teachers are trying to fill out them pools. You know, and so, you know, they got their gear on that day, and they encourage students to wear whatever team they want to wear on uh in March. It's fun, man. It's um, I you know, I think we have the that we had the best upbringing just being in the in the the hoops mecca, I think, you know, for college hoops for sure.
0: <laughs> let's uh, let's get set to take our first break here on the program, and then we'll get more into uh, high school Brandon Ingram, what he was like as we move forward here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring free to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Continuing to move forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside Jason Jordan, the Director of College Basketball Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. So Brandon Ingram coming out of Kinston High School. Uh, We mentioned the North Carolina ties that that program had. But Mike Trushevsky and Duke were in on him early as well, and uh, that was the talk of the state for a few years running there. As he got later in his basketball career, Jason was Brandon Ingram going to be a third heel or going to be a blue Devil?
1: Yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that I remember that distinctly. You know what's funny? When I think about Brandon, I remember talking to him um at the mcdonald's game and so we were trying to mcdonald's was trying to give me uh brandon we were i said i want them one-on-one i don't you know so they were like okay we'll set you up and i remember it was after the dunk contest which which was the monday and so they were like it, it was at night so they you know mcdonald's always great all my mcdonald's people are great so they were like we'll give them to you at night and i was like okay great so uh me we went to the hotel lobby off to the side and they kind of had us a room over there And he was just so like, oh, you know, (laughs) he was just—he was like, I don't know, man, this is tough. I remember it was very taxing for, and this was like early April. I think he committed late April. About three weeks later, he committed, and so I know at that time he really didn't know. Up even in up until April, um, he really didn't know. And and to your point about the national championship, I mean, that couldn't hurt. You know what I'm saying? uh, seeing that uh but you know uh I remember he was very much uh unsure he was very it was very taxing on him but I, I, the one thing that really stands out is that I remember distinctly remember him telling me yo if it if I'm gonna be real if it were if the in you know remember North carolina was under investigation mm-hmm. at the time NCAA investigation and he specifically said I remember to me, um, I would have committed to North Carolina by now if if they were not under- because I just don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they're gonna be able to play in March. I want to play in March, you know. So, and that was a big question mark when people thought that they were gonna get, um, you know, banned from the tournament for a year or two or something like that because those, you know, everybody jokes on them for the the uh, the classes, the made up right. classes and stuff like that. But he he he, hundred percent was like, I would one hundred percent. Be committed to Carolina already. Um, so, you know, and because to your point, there was there was like a pipeline there. Now he grew up a Duke fan. Right. You know, um, and, but it didn't, you know, and he wanted to commit in the fall. So here we are talking in April, yeah. which is not what he wanted, you know, so that, because he's not like a, Brandon's not like an attention guy, you know, a lot of these guys are, and that sounds bad, but it's just the truth. Um, Brandon's like, uh, you know, he reminds me of Isaiah Collier in this 2023 class. like, oh, all this attention, man. Come on, man. I don't want to do all that. I just want to play some ball and, you know, have some fun off the court. But, um, yeah, so it was really taxing for him and he really didn't know. And I think in the end, it really came down to Duke and Kentucky. Um, that was the thing. So, because Carolina was kind of when he didn't, because it was so much uncertainty. So it was kind of like, man, eh you know, I wanted y'all, well, bye. Right. Uh, but now I got to move on, you know, so it was Duke or Kentucky in the end and obviously Duke um, eventually won out.
0: Yeah. You go back to his commitment day in particular. And I went back and, and kind of watched uh, just to get set for this. And oftentimes you see so many commitment videos over the years. You're in your high school gym. You've got your friends and family surrounded by you. Maybe you're putting the hats on the table and you're picking yeah. one up or whatever that scene looks like. Brandon was like in a full suit and tie, Jason. I mean, he showed out for the big tie. A lot of these guys just, you know, I've got this jacket. I'm going to take it off. And there's a Mm T-shirt with the look the school but uh bi yeah. was like let me go full suit and tie man
1: yeah man yeah yeah he was clean he was clean. <laughs> in the end he was ready you know i he think was it, ready. It, it, <laughs> it all built up and he was gonna make it he was gonna make it make it shine you know no so i wasn't, I'm mad at that yeah you so he, your point yeah you definitely don't see that a lot you definitely don't see that a lot
0: so ingram goes to uh oh. duke stars there for one season off to the nba and, and is drafted by the lakers and now plays for the new orleans pelicans uh, he's rocking an afro this season, which mm-hmm. is a totally different look that takes some getting used to just because we haven't seen that out of him before. But right, right. Uh, just how special of a basketball player is is Brandon Ingram, Jason?
1: Oh, man. Um, you know, a lot of people are trying to compare him to Kevin Durant. I remember that um, just because of their buildup and stuff like that and his ability to knock down perimeter shots. But, you know, I think Brandon's just starting to scratch the surface of, you know, the player that he can be um you've got the great great mentality out very fierce competitors everybody has seen over the years uh, but I think that's a great thing and um I think he's only, you know he's only getting better and that team is really really flourishing and I think they have a chance to really um go far this season they continue to level up every season he's been obviously an intricate part of that so um one thing like I said he always even back when he was in freshman in high school every year he would get better and better and better and it looks like he's I mean, in college, he got better. Yeah, first year, you know, and look at the progression to now, um, in the NBA, you know, he's definitely a guy who I always say, um, a lot of the rankings are based off how kids project in the NBA, and a lot oftentimes those kids don't reach that potential. Well, Brandon's a guy who surpassed, I would say, surpassed his potential, and that is rare, um, because <laughs> you try, go back and do your research, that is rare. And so I think he should be commended for that. Um, And it speaks to where I think his projection really could be in the future, which is, um, you know, consistent NBA all-star level. That's what I would expect from him.
0: Yeah. Absolutely love it. Love it. All right. We'll take our last time out here on the show. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Luke Kennard, another special player, a part of that 2015 uh, recruiting class for Duke men's basketball. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is absolutely amazing, and it's your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at Bet Online. We mentioned Thanksgiving being tomorrow. You've got to go to Bet Online and see all of the props available for the Thanksgiving slate. Of NFL games and more. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Final few moments here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. JJ Jackson, alongside my buddy Jason Jordan, the director of college basketball recruiting for Sports Illustrated. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason Jordan SI. All right, I mentioned the number one class that Duke had in 2015 uh, that featured most notably Brandon Ingram, uh, but also a really big player for Duke that went on to play not one but two years, uh, which is an added bonus. Anytime you get someone to stay around for an extra year these days in Durham is Luke Kennard out of Franklin, Ohio, a, uh, a football star as well as a great shooter on the basketball floor. Uh, talk to me about uh, looking back on Luke Kennard's commitment and uh, the player that he was for the Duke Blue Devils, Jason.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, one thing I remember about Luke was, I mean, Luke got buckets. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, a, a lot of five-star guys get buckets for sure, but Luke was putting up like 41 <laughs> in high That's different. school. That's different. I don't care who you're playing against. We, right. we say this all the time, like, oh, well, he wasn't playing against competition. And I'll give you that if the guy averaged 25 to 28. You know, but I always say 20, and this will make sense. But 30, averaging 30 is like 25 to 30. Okay, cool. He wasn't playing. When you average 40, (laughs) listen, let me tell you 40 is 40. 40 is 40. 25 (laughs) is not 25. But forty is forty. <laughs> I don't care. That's that's a transferable skill set. I don't care what you say. He's not, and he's making shots under heavy duress. You know what I mean? Like that was his special to be average ten rebounds to it. I mean, you can see, um, even now, contributing in, in the NBA. That, that didn't shock me at all. I remember the thing that stands out to me about his recruitment was, I remember at one point Kentucky was the perceived leader. I remember I talked to him and his parents. um, a couple times at uh EYBL and different stuff like that. I mean, they didn't say Kentucky's our favorite, but you know, that was the, that was the thing. Like his dad played college ball and he grew up a Kentucky fan um, because of Tayshawn Prince, which if you watch him, bro, South Paul right. um, snipers and, you know, they do a lot of different things on the court. So, um, but he committed, he popped early. He popped what, uh, 20 March of 14. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, he was a guy. I knew he was going to get it out of the way early because that was everybody was saying. You know, he didn't. He once again, he was one of those guys that was like, I, you know, I don't need the to go into the eleventh hour. I know where I want to go. He took the official to visit the Duke, and I think he committed like that same month or shortly thereafter. Um, and he didn't. He didn't take his other official. So <laughs> I remember. I remember when uh, I won't say which schools, but some schools were like. Yo, he's supposed to come here. He, he's not announcing his commitment. That can't be good, right? I said, no, that is horrible. <laughs> let me tell you something. I remember, I I won't say what staff it was, but I was like, let me tell you something. They were like, I know, I know. I said, I'm gonna say it. I said, I'm saying it anyway. He ain't coming, boss. He's not. Coming. He's not coming. He's not. He's taking one visit. And I think it's a. I think we know where he's going. And they agree with that, and obviously that worked out really well for him.
0: I definitely remember the scoring ability and and, I mean, the the shooting ability, all that came with it. And and then, like we said, another big thing back in his high school days was, you know, this guy being in line for Mr. Football in the state of Ohio and um, just being so fascinated and in awe of the skill that this right handed quarterback has Mm -hmm. that translates into an elite left handed jump shot. Like, there's an ambidextrous, and then there are things like that uh, when you're able to play at such a high level and uh, be that athletic and, and able to make things happen regardless of the sport.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, I, hi, high IQ guy. I always made the right um, basketball play. And, um, you know, as much of a great scorer he was. Luke was a really good playmaker, too. Like, even as a freshman, I think he averaged like 11 or 12. And then the next year he averaged like 18 or 19. Um, so that's a big jump. Like, you know, eight points is a huge jump, especially at a school like Duke. So, um, obviously Kay had a lot of trust in him to feature him in that way. Um, but yeah, that he, he was always a guy because he had size, and people forget Luke is like six, (laughs) six, you know, like they say, he's like six, six, you know, so he's shooting over the top of a lot of, a lot of guards, um, even in the ACC, and, um, yeah, Luke was just a bad man. He, he was cold, man. He had that, he had a, he had that mentality. Um, people kind of slept on it cause he was, he, he smiled a lot and he always did his hair like this. Hair thing, yeah. <laughs> um, so people would kind of sleep on him like, oh, he's not tough or something. Like, but no, he was a bad man. Like he had that mentality of, um, he had an elite mentality is what I like to say. So.
0: And now he's had quite the NBA career as well, he starting did. with yeah. the Detroit Pistons. And, and any time you're out there getting a ton of run with the uh, L.A. Clippers featuring yeah. Paul George, Kawhi and all those guys, uh, to know they've got a shooter out there on the wing in Luke Kennard, I'm, I'm really impressed. A 40 percent clip at the NBA level from three is is uh, something that's to uh, definitely be proud of.
1: Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I think he shot 43 percent in Duke. Um, so, yeah, he's always going to. Luke is the guy who's always going to have a job, you know, as long as he wants to play. Um, Because he's going to contribute and anybody who can stretch the defense, especially in the NBA, is always going to have some longevity. And so, um, like you said, shooting 40 percent, he's always going to have a job and he's always going to make money in the NBA specifically, not professionally, because people don't make that distinction sometimes. (laughs) But in the NBA, he's always going to make money. Um, He's always going to have, you know, a roster spot for sure.
0: No doubt about that. Well, Jason, as always, it's so much fun doing these recruiting lookbacks. What great players we were able to talk about today and Brandon Ingram and Luke Kennard. Tell me one more time about uh, all of the coverage that you've got at Sports Illustrated. What all do you have your hands in as uh, we get to Thanksgiving week here?
1: Yeah, well, we just finished. We did a last week. We did a big feature on Isaiah Collier, um, who's the top. Well, arguably the top prospect in the 2023 class kind of went behind the scenes and, Uh, You know, recruits always say, I want to sit down with my family and weigh out the pros and cons. He obviously ended up committing to USC, but it's just a good look behind the curtain about what did they talk about at that dinner table? They let me sit in on that, uh, which I really appreciate. Let me be a fly on the wall about their candid conversation about what they really weigh and, you know, um, what the coach's impressions are. And, you know, uh, they're eating chips and salsa and, you know, just kind of letting their hair down. So uh, that's a very interesting story. Just not. It's interesting. It's not great because I wrote it. It's just super interesting to right. look at what exactly these people weigh out. Um, gives you a, a different perspective on the recruitment process. So definitely check that out. And then, you know, si.com college basketball. We're fully cranking now, so we'll be there a lot. Be at a lot of Duke games for sure. Um, so stick around with me. We'll um, we'll get a lot of stuff done.
0: Can't wait at Jason Jordan si on Twitter. Thanks so much for the time again. Enjoy Thanksgiving this week, Jason, and we'll talk again soon, okay?
1: You too, man. Look forward to it.
0: All right. That's our good pal Jason Jordan joining us on today's episode of Locked Blue Devils. So grateful for his time, as always, when he joins us here on the program. Again, my name is J.J. Jackson. Always appreciate your support of Lockdown Blue Devils. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.